You are listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that looks at lesbian and queer women on big and small screens. This season, we are delving into the global phenomenon of Juliantina. I'm Sheena. My pronouns are she, her. Hi, everyone. Excited to be here. Monica McCowan. My pronouns are she, her as well. And I am a lesbic author and Juliantina superfan and aficionado, I guess, which is why I was invited to be on this podcast. But uh, extremely excited to, to get to relive one of my favorite fandoms that I've ever been a part of. When we left off last time, big reveal had happened that Val's dad is now in Jacob's body and... Ava was disbelieving of it, Val wanted to believe, and it was Gie that actually brought it to the family. So we're towards the end of that scene right now. I think we discussed last time how he he made a really good decision by having Gie bring it to the family because he's more level-headed and less uh, shua than the other two. Yeah, unfortunately they wouldn't have trusted Valentina as much. Well, okay, to be fair, Valentina's gone around and been peddling that dude's book on transmigration to everyone. She's not wrong. And you have a very valid point, but still. So we start today's episode where Leon is sitting in front of his three kids and he's having like a a word with them because they're in a terrible situation now because of something that Ava did. I don't know if we ever actually saw what Ava did. I mean, I think if we watched the whole show, we would obviously know. And I think it's been brewing for a significant period of time. We do know she's been involved with the cartel, at least in terms of having an affair, if nothing else. And also she's pregnant. That's right. Don't forget that. Lots going on in Ava's world. So Leon actually says to Ava, he wants to talk to her alone so that they can sort out like what's going on. And so the other two kids leave. Now we cut to Jules and her mom. They're sitting and they're having a moment in front of the TV. And Lupe is commenting about how Ava is all over the TV. And she says to Jules, you think they're going to put her in prison? And Jules is like, don't say that, you know. I think Lupe is one of these people her mouth gets away from her. And then there's a, a banging at the door. Well, and she's never really met Ava. I mean, she's just this, you know. That's true. This kind of idea to her, the way that we talk about celebrities on TV, where you talk about them, but like, you don't really know them. I think, you know, that's what she's doing. She's never been to the Carvajal house. She's never met Ava. She knows that she's Valentina's sister, but that's about the extent of it. Okay, well, that is, that's a fair comment. Still, she seems a little uh, gleeful at the prospect of someone she sort of knows about going to jail. That's good drama. It is. So there's this banging on the door and then they're like, are you expecting someone? And neither of them are expecting anybody. And Jules goes and opens the door and there's Panchito in a really nifty black suit. And uh, Jules even comments like how he looks really great. And then Lupe is like, did we agree to go out today? Like very confused. And he's like, no. And he looks quite somber. Then there's this kind of amusing moment where the two adults look at the teenager and wait for her to like leave the room. And she's like, all right, I'm going, I'm going. And I'll turn up the TV and I'll put my headphones in and you can, you know, and it's a a kind of a funny moment uh, juxtaposing against Panchita's very serious expression. Well, and I also think it juxtaposes against what, Juliana's life has been up until this point 
to just have like a stupid normal you know being treated like a kid moment I think that that's really good and it's you know it's not something that she could necessarily do for herself in her character arc but the fact that her life is coming around to that after all of the craziness is I look at it as like a very very positive thing on the show I agree with that so now we're back to Gia and Val, and they're sitting in the dining room and talking about like what's happened with dad it's mind-blowing for both of them and they're wondering what's happening with Ava because he's having a conversation with her and naturally they're both worried about their sister Gia is a lot less forgiving though he's like well she crossed the line and he's like he doesn't know if their father's going to be able to do much to help her because he looks like the chauffeur he doesn't look like their father and he also looks like El Chino who also true was supposed to die in the electric chair I think that's a bigger problem than the fact that he looks like a chauffeur. (laughs) The conversation meanders on to why do you think he came back? And then Ige is quite funny. He says, why don't you ask Camilo? I'm sure he's heard Val's endless discussions on his uh, book. I'm sure she's peddled it to him too. Now we're with Lucia and Val comes in. Lucia's dressed all in black. She's often dressed in black, but not always. So this is a little bit of a thing. And she looks a bit... Sad, I think. Val even comments on it and says, I thought I was going to see find you happier. I mean, the love of her life has returned, according to Val. You know what I mean? Right. Val doesn't know that her stepmother killed her father. And I think that, yeah, there's in this scene, like, I think not only is Lucia trying to deal with the reality of the situation, but what it means. And Val's just kind of looking at her, not understanding in typical Val fashion why this couldn't be anything except the cause for the world's biggest celebration because she's just woefully oblivious to all of this other stuff that's happening, which I think is a good thing. Absolutely. And she even goes on to say, you know, what's happening to us all is really beautiful and and then she thanks Lucia for being such an amazing kind of stand-in as a parental figure in her life, considering that she had lost both her parents. And she's just being really, really sweet, as Val is. Val is like a, a lollipop, man. She's nothing but sweetness. Yeah, I don't think she's been mean to anybody the entire show, except if no. she's hurt. And even then, she's not mean. She's just hurt. But that's the thing, right? So even when... She was scared when Lucio was trying to barge into the house with them, even when people were leveling accusations at her and calling her names at university. It doesn't actually matter what she's been through. She's never actually retaliated with nastiness. And even the scene we're watching right now, the thing she's saying to Lucia is, Ava needs us right now. We're her family. We need to support her. After what Ava did to her, for which she's never actually apologized, at least not at this point. Ava said those horrible things and ripped them apart and was terrible to Juliana and would not back down for anything and never really had to reconcile with what she had done. But Valentina forgave her and her, you know, immediate thought is we need to be there for Ava. Oh, completely. I mean, she she says to Lucia, like, 
you know, I know things haven't always been good between you and my sister, but it's time that we all kind of pull together now and she needs the whole family and she's including Lucia in this, which is interesting because neither of the other two siblings from what we've seen, have been very welcoming of Lucia. We know that Ava's downright been at loggerheads with her, um, and but we haven't seen much with Gia, and her, like, yeah, seems to just kind of be this, she's there kind of presence. But Fal has gone out of her way to really bring her into the family and try to incorporate her and make her feel like she's part of something. Absolutely. Okay, so now we're back with Jules and Lupe, and... Jules is saying, like, I didn't hear anything. I turned the TV down. I took out my headphones. I couldn't hear anything. Like, what's going on? Uh, Nosy teenager style. And Lupe's looking a little, I don't know, not happy. Not sad, but just like... So it turns out that Panchito's asked her to marry him, and she said yes. But she's feeling like she's made a mistake by agreeing. Jules is over the moon. She thinks Panchita's a great guy. She thinks he's good for her mother. And when her mother says, you know, I'm still married, Jules just rolls her eyes like, Lupe's a bit of an interesting character. I mean, technically she is still married, but I don't know what the rules are if your husband <laughs> was supposed to die. There's no rule book for that. Technically, he did die. He just resurrected. So, until death to us part. I mean, death happened. They parted. He's married to somebody else now. She's just... So then uh, Jules actually says to her, is this about the sex dream you had about him? Which, yeah, I don't think that this is a conversation the two of them should be having, but Lupe doesn't seem to have... Those boundaries. <laughs> yeah, or like a lot of adult friends that she can talk to. Or any kind of grown-up sensibilities in anything. I mean, her decision-making is it's terrible. So now we cut to Beltran. He gets a phone call. It's Jules saying she wants to meet with him. And he's like, where did you go? What happened? And he agrees to meet her the following morning to talk. We see his current wife in the background looking suspiciously at him. She asks who was that, and he make he lies. He says it was the, the medium chick, that you know the one that was helping him, the one that just the, the witch. That... Yeah, just gotta go meet the witch tomorrow. Okay, so now there's lots to talk about here because Jules and Val are talking on the phone. All right, so let's start with the lighting because if you look at the scene just before it, it's quite harsh, muted colors, not very warm and friendly we get to the scene between Val and Jules and it's much softer kind of colors it's much prettier in terms of the, the shots and the theme music is playing yeah and I think the first time I watched this when it was playing on tv I had been like can't they just have them meet up right now like why can't they be physically together in the same room but I don't think they were going to be able to, you know, meet up that night realistically in the timeline of the show. So this is a nice kind of compromise for that so that Huli and Tina fans could see them together. But I think that, yeah, those were my, my thoughts the first time I remember seeing this. But it's still a good scene, but I want them to be together. Oh, yeah. I wanted Jules to come over and have a sleepover. 
and you know all the good things that come with that so they make plans because Val's like she's got something she wants to talk to Jules about but she doesn't want to do it over the phone she wants to do it in person Jules is like oh no but why are you gonna leave me hanging I'm so curious tell me now Val will not budge on this and she's being all cute and coy about it and Jules says okay tomorrow I've got something first thing in the morning but I'll come like we can see each other straight after that and then there's this very cute thing between them where you know when you don't want to say goodbye like the conversation's over but you don't really want to say goodbye so you just say a lot of sweet little things afterwards like I miss you and I really want to see you yeah they've given everything they've been through like they started as friends and then weren't aware that some of the things they were saying were more romantic or relationshipy and then realized their feelings and broke up and made up but were still broken up and then Juliana slept with Sergio and that caused a rift in things but like they are here now just full-on cutesy mode took us what like 85 episodes of the show <laughs> to get here but yeah that's exactly where they are and it's adorable it is adorable so it's an interesting space we're in now because we've got the very sweet Jules and Val kind of storyline happening. But then we've got other storylines wrapping up and they're not necessarily as happy or as sweet as these two. So we're back to Lucia now and she's looking very depressed. She's looking, every time we see her in this sort of segment, she's looking worse and worse and worse. Which is like quite the feat considering she's quite a beautiful woman, well put together, but there you have it. And Val comes, knocks and, and opens the door and then she sees that Lucia's got her bags packed. And she inquires about her father, who hasn't been around since the night before. He, Him and Ava went off somewhere and haven't come back. And she makes quite a, a point of looking at the luggage and, and trying to figure out what's going on. And then eventually she's like, oh, are you going to take dad on honeymoon? It's so sweet. It's such a mess. It's so Val. Like, I love that you feel like, you know, I'm here to ship Huli and Tina, but Val is so very Val, even in her scenes with other people. And I feel like the character work for her especially is just... So, so good. So, yeah, her excitement and immediately mistaking. She's like, oh, Lucia couldn't possibly be running away because something's wrong. She's taking my dad on a honeymoon because he died before they got to go. Absolutely. So sweet and so sad. I just think it's perfect. She looks so hopeful that Lucia can't even bring herself to actually say anything to contradict her so she ends up just kind of no, skirting around the issue like, yes, <laughs> like, and lucia is still wearing the outfit that she was wearing the night prior so she hasn't slept she's been worried and we don't see him johnny corona like if you watch the show he's a big part of it and a big part of lucia's story arc because they conspired to kill leon together but you know he's still lurking about in stupid suits so she, yeah, I'm sure that she had like a fitful night just waiting for guards to barge into the bedroom and take her away. But tell us how you really feel about his suits. <laughs> I wouldn't hate them if he didn't have such a stupid looking face. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm sure the actor's very nice. Yeah, probably. 
Right, so Sergio is driving Jules to the park where she's meeting Beltran. And there's this very sweet moment between these two, where Jules is explaining to Sergio about her father being executed. I love when she tells the story about her father because she's so matter-of-fact about it, and people... I mean, it's a big story. He killed a judge, who knows who else he killed, and then he was electrocuted, and he's come back to life. Right. But she says it as if, you know, he went down to the store to get milk. So then Sergio hears the story and he's like, no, no, I'm going to go with you. I can't let you go by yourself to this dude. Jules is like, no, no, it'll just be much worse if you come with me. So Sergio says, but what if he gets violent? In which case Jules says, it wouldn't be the first time he's gotten violent. But if you come, it's going to be so much worse. And Sergio doesn't look at all convinced. And this is the thing about Sergio for me. You see, he's trying to be a good guy. He's not even trying to put the moves on Jules. You know, he's literally just driving her there and trying to protect her. Yeah. I think all of that is true. I think the the conversation that we've had many episodes ago at this point with them sleeping with one another was whether Sergio's kind of opportunisticness crossed a line. That he was just taking advantage of an opportunity, but like he should have known better. And by doing that, it kind of put him in the camp of like bad guys. But I definitely think out of almost anybody on the show, he's doing a really good job of redeeming himself. And once it's clear what the score is, he's still an incredibly good friend and even goes so far as to when he's with Valentina, get her back with Juliana And then now spending time with Juliana, taking her, you know, to see her dad and make sure she can do this thing and genuinely worrying about her. And he's very reluctant to let her get out of the car and go by herself. Now we're back with Val and she's looking for Ava. And Shivi tells her that Ava's left with their father last night. Well, I don't know if Shivi actually knows who he is. Anyway, left last night and hasn't been back. Val is running around trying to unite the family. She wants everyone to have breakfast together. So sweet. She's so sweet. I can't I think it's just so foreign to me being that genuinely like sweet and good natured. I'm like, she's just a little angel alien. Alright. So now we're at a less pleasant scene. Jules is in the park with Baltran and she's her goal with today's meeting for him was to tell him to leave them alone. And I think this scene illustrates how different, if you want to look at like Sergio's character growth and Beltran's, how different they have both been over this show. You know, I just went on my little spiel about Sergio, but Beltran, when discussing things, immediately brings up the things he's done like he's keeping score obviously it's he's not going to mention any of the bad things he's done or the horrible things he's put them through but he's immediately like oh when I paid for your mother's hospital bill and blah 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 like that should get him points for them to still be in his life and I think you know again just bringing it back to she was just in the car with Sergio like He did none of that. He just wanted to help. Like, his only concern was making sure she was okay. And that couldn't be kind of further from the situation she's experiencing with her father right now. Absolutely. And she says to him, you know, we're bitter off without you. 
and he says he knows why she wants him to leave them alone. It's so that her mother can go out with Panchito and he says to Jewel so that you can be depraved. So if you didn't already hate him enough, Mm -hmm. buckle up for the next scene. Oh, yeah. Indeed. So he... So he says, I know what you and that girl Val have been up to. You've been grabbing each other's. And then he stops for a minute and says, hands. And then he <laughs> he basically says, you're being a dyke. I love Jules. I just want to hug her. She's such a little fighter, hey? Because she just comes back with just argument after argument. Like, since when do you care? You don't even know what love is. And then he turns around and says, your mother's doing a bad job with you. And that's what's going on here. And she's like, you don't even know me. And then she says again, and this is key to the whole universe and this entire podcast, Monica. She says, what I have with Valentina is something you will never understand. Okay, but like logically, she says a murderer like you and Valentina and Juliana are not murderers. So... If that's the argument, yes, he couldn't understand because he's a murderer. I think you are making a veiled reference to soulmates. Not veiled at all. But she said he can't understand because he's a murderer, not because he doesn't know what it means to be a soulmate. No, no. He, he, she said, okay, we'll rewind. Also, this is a translation, so I don't actually know what they're saying, if that makes sense. It's all about the translator's ability to translate the subtleties. What I have with Valentina is something a murderer like you will never understand. Cool. It's called love. If you had just a little bit of love, you wouldn't have turned into the garbage that you are. But she calls him a murderer first. I'm just splitting hairs. That I think your point stands. But she says he can't understand because he's a murderer. Not because he doesn't know what soulmates are. You are splitting hairs. Basically, she's saying he's a bad person and doesn't understand love and what she has with Valentina is love. Right, but you don't need to believe in soulmates to believe in love. So I don't think that this conversation has to be about soulmates. I think that she is just saying he is a selfish person and always thinks of himself first and everything we've already seen in this conversation, him keeping score with helping Lupe, him wanting to tear her away from Panchito, like he just doesn't get love, period. Forget about soulmates and being destined to meet somebody. He is just too selfish to know what it means to truly love somebody else. Uh, Here's an interesting point. I actually don't know if Jules believes in soulmates. I don't think she necessarily does. I think Val believes in soulmates 100% and we'll see that later on again. Val's already talked about them being together in past lives, about how they're, they're meant to be together, meant to find each other and that kind of thing. She will do so again. I just believe in soulmates. And I think Juliana wants to believe it. And it's like a cute, fanciful notion, especially when Val is saying those things. But the world that she has existed in for survival day to day is so different from being able to even have these thoughts that I don't think she's really had the space to decide how she feels. So to your point about soulmates, I think eventually she could grow to believe them or believe in them but I just don't think that's been her reality so far and that's okay you don't have to believe in soulmates to have one that's my philosophy 
He also can merrily pretend not to believe in soulmates and then write a book about soulmates. So that's okay too. Glossing right over that, Sheena. <laughs> what is your latest book called again, Monica? The Flaw in Our Design. That's right. The Flaw in Our Design, which I just finished. And on a side note, everyone should go and read it. It's a lovely book about soulmates. Anyway, moving right along. Back to Jules and El Chino. So he is now threatening her. And he's like, you need to stop seeing that girl or I will make you stop. And she turns around and says to him, you're not my father. You've never been my father. All you've ever been is a curse. And then she gets up and leaves. Mic drop. Leaving him there looking off into the distance. Okay, now, who is this? Right, so this is Gia's girlfriend, right? Right, so that's Renata, and this is obviously Renata's friend, who I'm sure if we watched the whole show we would have seen. I don't really remember seeing her. Okay, so I didn't see this scene before. I saw the scene just now when I was watching this just before we started recording. But we'll talk about that next week. That is the end of our podcast today. Monica, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah. You're listening to Lesbians on Screen. I'm Sheena and I'm joined today by author Monica McKellen. Monica, can you tell listeners where they can find you online? Very socially active online. Uh, Just depends on what channel. Uh, So Twitter is my jam. If you want to communicate with me and have the best probability that I will communicate back. So it's at Monica McCallan and that's on Twitter. I do have a Facebook fan page and I have a website www.monicamccallan.com but for sure if you're looking to hang out and engage and chat about stuff Twitter is where you can find me. Thank you for listening to Lesbians on Screen, a podcast that delves into the world of queer women on big and small screens. Join us next week as we continue discussing the global phenomenon that is Julian Tina. If you love this podcast, then rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and help other fans find us.